With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz. Day two of Seahawks minicamp was all about the quarterbacks. Let's start with Drew Locke, who was asked whether or not his time so far in Seattle has been the fresh start he envisioned. Absolutely. From, you know, fresh faces in the quarterback room, the offensive coordinator from, you know, who's my center, you know, just meeting new people, whether that's the training room or the equipment staff, uh, it was just needed. It was time. And, you know, I mean, look at the weather here. I've been told it's a bad spring so far, and it doesn't really seem like that, but that's what everyone and their dog tells me every week. Don't worry, this, it, the weather's going to get better. I'm like, this is pretty nice. Um, so just from an, an all-around perspective, it was much needed, and it feels really, really good to be here. Locke also talked about his comfort level in the offense and how it suits his game. Very, uh, very comfortable. Um, I feel like the way that you know Shane and Dave started teaching me from the day I got here up until now, you know, at first you feel a little overwhelmed and you, there's a lot that's thrown on your plate, but over time you learn something new about each play every day you're out here in practice and it all starts tying together. And I feel really, really, really good about this offense. I feel like I could go out and play a game tomorrow and, and succeed. And that's a testament to the coaches in there and, and the guys around me teach me up on little intricacies of plays that they've picked up over time with this offense. And, uh, it's just an overall group effort, and I really appreciate everyone that's gotten me this far in, in developing in this offense. First off, I think you got to have a great run game uh, in this offense. Um, that's what this offensive style of ball is, 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 is made on. And when you have a great run game, the linebackers, everyone's ready for the run. And we have play-action pass in this offense. The play-action pass in this offense is my favorite part about it. And I think that's what I do really, really well, um, especially when you add Tyler and DK into the mix. Um, it's, it's an exciting thing to look at. It's an exciting thing to see on tape from film last year. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to hopefully make my own tape as well. Of course, he is working from behind as his counterpart in the quarterback competition. Gino Smith already knows the playbook. Here's what Locke said about how he and Gino remain competitive with one another without crossing the line. You know, we both understand that we're both trying to be the starter for this team. Um, we're not stepping on each other's shoes. We're not getting mad at one another. It's just, all right, he took it that day. I took it this day. I broke us down this time. He broke us down this time. Whatever it may be. You know, they both need to hear us. Um, they both need to feel us. Uh, they need to feel both of us. And um, that's kind of been our philosophy. It's, it's been really nice. It's been really easy. I appreciate the way Gino's handled it. And, uh, you know, I hope he's appreciated the way that, you know, I've handled it as well. Locke was in a quarterback competition in Denver last year, too. Yeah, that was that was really my first time ever having that happen um, last year. You know, I, I tried to, you know, compare the whole time. All right, did Teddy beat me that day or did I win that day? And overall, if you start thinking like that, it's just not good for your mental. It's not good for your process of becoming a better quarterback. It's not about who won that day. It's about, you know, did I get better today to make the guys around me better? Because if I'm playing at my best, the other 10 dudes around me are going to be playing really good football too. 
Um, so just not comparing. Comparison is a thief of joy is what Barry Odom told me one day when I was in college, and that's kind of stuck with me uh, to this point. In Denver with Locke was tight end Noah Fant. Locke spoke about Fant's fit in the Seattle offense. I think what's cool for Noah is in this offense is I think you're going to get to see a little bit more of just his feel for football in general, his savviness, his whereabouts of bodies around him, how he feels defenses because, you know, there's choice routes, there's seams that you're changing your route on depending on rotation, wide safeties. There's just a lot that that tight end room, one, needs to know, but two, can make him a lot you know, more versatile in the passing game. And I think Noah is excited to be able to do that. I think we could have maybe pressed the field with him a little bit more in Denver, um, but he's going to have the opportunity to do that here, and I know he's pumped about it. Along with Fant, Locke seems very pleased with the tight end group as a whole. I think I've had some pretty awesome tight end rooms in, in my lifetime of football, but this room is special. Um, I'd say one of the first good friends I, I made that weren't in Dallas was Will Disley. Um, I feel like he's a crowd favorite around here. Um, super smart, super intelligent. I mean, we joke around. He's not a burner. I mean, he's not he's not hauling down the field, but he's super savvy. Going to make the catch when it's, when it's coming at him. And, um, you know, you talk about Noah, and I think the person that really impressed me was Colby. Talk about a red zone threat, being the height that he is. Um, I'm surprised he didn't play basketball four years at Stanford. Just freak athlete from what I've seen. And I'm really impressed with him. And also Tyler, like you mentioned today on that end, super physical tight end. And it's 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 a pretty good room. It's a pretty good room. I'm, I'm excited about those guys. Locke also raved about the Hawks running backs. First off, it's deep. It's really deep from what I've noticed. Um, Travis is a spark plug in that. Um, Penny seeing all the clips of him when we're talking run game is just really impressive. And I uh, know overall the depth in that room is what's most impressive to me. I feel like one guy takes two snaps, you can bring in three more guys that are going to uphold the standard that that running back room has, regardless if they're first string, second string, third string, or fourth. Uh, that's what's really cool about that room. They're always going to be able to pack a punch when it gets to the fourth quarter because they got so many guys. Next up was Geno Smith, who spoke about whether or not he thought he would ever get another chance to be a true starter in the NFL. Of course, only having filled in as a starter last season due to Russell Wilson's injury. Of course, I knew it. You know, I knew it. And that's why I prepared the way that I did, uh, trained the way that I do. Um, you know, I believe in myself, my abilities. And I also know that, you know, things happen, man. Um, I was sitting behind three Ironmen, you know, with Eli, Phillip, and Russ. Those guys don't miss games. But I always knew, you know, I had the ability to play in this league. I've done great things in preseason. And even when I did start, you know, had good games. But, uh, you know, I knew the time would come, and it did. You know, it did. This was a big reason Smith came back and signed a new contract this offseason, although he did test the waters of free agency. Uh, opportunity, number one, you know, great opportunity here. Uh, the people in the building, I love the people in the building. Uh, just the entire environment, the culture, just everything about the Seahawks, you know, I really – uh, you know, embrace, and I really became a part of. And so I really wanted to be here. I know my teammates wanted me back, and I felt good, you know, coming back here. I was uh, definitely thinking about some other offers. Um, just, you know, obviously wanted to be back here, but, you know, had a few teams that were interested. Uh, just kind of was in a waiting period at that time. But I'm glad I'm here, you know, glad it all worked out, and I, I was able to get signed here. It's not surprising that Gino might have at least had some other options on his mind before the Russell Wilson trade. But afterwards, he realized he had an opportunity he couldn't pass up. 
at first, I can't lie, I was. You know, I just couldn't see that happening. But, um, you know, in this business, in this league, you you can never be too sure about anything. And, uh, you know, Russell's my guy, man. Love him to death. Going to be my boy for life. And, uh, you know, I, I wish him well. After the break, we'll hear more from Gino about how he thought his starts last season went and what he thinks of Drew Locke. Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith is a bit of a known quantity compared to Drew Locke, given his three-plus games with Seattle last year. And here's how he would rate his performances. Uh, you know, I think, you know, if you talk about just my, my play, I think I did well enough, you know, to get this opportunity. But the wins are all, all, the only thing that matter. And uh, in those starts, I was one and two. We lost two tough games to some playoff teams, really good teams. And, uh, you know, I really think that if I had executed, you know, a few things better, that we could have won those games. And I know every single guy feels the same way. So, uh, you know, with this upcoming season, I look forward to those new opportunities, uh, chances to, you know, you know, if I get the opportunity to go out there and win games and, um, you know, learning from that experience, those experiences last year, I think will pay off. His best game by far was against the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. I think we had, you know, more opportunities to pass on first and, first and second down, uh, opened up the play pass game. I think that helped us out in that game. And then just, you know, getting more comfortable, you know, just playing with the guys around me. Um, you know, like I said, I ha hadn't had a lot of chances to rep with those guys. But from three weeks of practicing with those guys and then going out and playing two games and then playing that Jaguars game, uh, just the reps, you know, they kind of showed up. A lot of Geno's growing pains came with figuring out what about the offense suits him best. I think the up-tempo style similar to what I played in in college. Um, also, just my ability uh, and Shane's trust in me to get in and out of plays, to see coverages, um, understanding our offense and, you know, moving guys around, being able to create mismatches. Uh, I think Shane uh, believes in my ability and my knowledge as a quarterback, and uh, I think that's something that suits us well. Pivoting toward the competition at quarterback, here were Gino's thoughts on Drew Locke. Man, Drew's cool as heck, man. I love Drew to death. Just getting a chance to meet him and getting a chance to know him. Got a lot of swag. You know, he's a young guy. Can throw it. Got all the ability in the world. He's very smart and uh, just one of the guys, man. He's one of the guys. Uh, you know, he's got a great feel for the locker room. Uh, guys love him. Love talking to him, you know. See him rapping Jeezy and all that cool stuff. So, I mean, he's just one of the guys, man. Really, really like Drew. Even though the starting job remains undecided, Gino still views leadership as incredibly important always embraced it. I think that's just a part of who I am. Um, you know, I'm not doing anything outside of, you know, what I would normally do. And, uh, you know, I want to help. You know, that's just my heart. I want to help guys. I want to see guys win, see, see guys succeed. Finally, with this competition, it isn't Gino's first rodeo either. He talked about how he won the starting job as a rookie in a different quarterback competition with the Jets. Oh, man, <laughs> that's that's like light years ago. But, I mean, it's, it's literally... Um, a huge difference. You know, I'm coming into this competition with more knowledge. Uh, I'm a lot stronger. Uh, I'm a lot more comfortable with my surroundings. Uh, I'm not going from a college kid to a professional and having to learn all those things. So uh, it's a big difference um, as far as just, you know, how I'm older. You know, I'm the vet in the room now versus, you know, being the rookie. And so I think that's the major difference. And that'll do it for today's show. Thanks to Wilson Kahn for producing this episode. Follow him out on Twitter at Wilson underscore Kahn, C-O-N-N. And if you're looking for more to read up at fieldgoals.com, check out John P. Gilbert's article titled Seahawks Rebuilding Through the Draft. And a really interesting look there at both the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, 
and where the homegrown talent is within the Seahawks and just how heavily weighted it is toward the potential starters with the Seahawks offense. Also making an interesting point about just how many one-year deals the Seahawks have been handing out to free agents. That's up, fieldgoals.com. Also, Mookie Alexander, PFF, ranking the Seahawks offensive line as worst in the NFL. So you're going to want to see exactly why that is. You can also head on over seahawkerspodcast.com if you're looking for more to listen to. Adam and I have a new episode out as well. And speaking of being ranked last on some sort of list, we talk about Bill Barnwell ranking the Seahawks last and just how one of the teams in the top five is a little bit surprising when you go by just some of the criteria that Barnwell used in picking some of his best and worst teams. So check that out, seahawkerspodcast.com. Subscribe to that show, and I will be back here later on. We got day three of minicamp, and we're going to have more press conferences coming your way as well. So until next time, go Hawks.